I'm Jesse Lubinsky. I'm Donnie Piercy. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil, hosts of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful Friday. It could be evening, depending on where you're joining us in the world. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us and making us part of your day. And of course, making us part of your listening pleasure. Thank you so much for all the likes, shares, and follows uh, on Spotify, of course, on all our social media at My EdTech Life. If you've noticed, we've been a little quiet for a little bit just because, of course, things changed at work a little bit, working 10-hour days and not making it uh, back in enough time to start a podcast. But it's been great. Did a little bit of traveling, met some amazing people at ISTE, and of course, met some amazing guests in real life. So it's just been a wonderful time to just kind of recharge. But as you know, this is what I live for, being in front of the mic, being in front of the camera, and most importantly, connecting educators and creators one show at a time. And I'm excited to be here with you all today. And before we start and introduce our amazing guests, I definitely have to give a big shout out to Jacqueline Gochoco and Class Hero for sponsoring my trip to ISTE. So if you are a K through eight math teacher and you are looking for an amazing platform with 38 different languages, for all of your students, make sure you check out Class Hero because they have an amazing platform for you to use. And most importantly, too, the languages, huge thing. But Jacqueline, Amay, thank you so much. I really appreciate you all for sponsoring my trip to ISTE. It was an amazing and memorable experience. So make sure you check them out at classhero.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited today because as you notice, we've got two amazing guests here. One we've already had on the show before, and it was actually 10 episodes ago that Thomas Thompson had joined us to talk to us about Eduate. But today we have the other Thomas from behind the scenes. We have Thomas Hummel, who is joining us. And of course, these two have partnered up to create an amazing app called Eduate.ai. And it is like I was talking to Thomas Hummel. To me, it seems like it is the Swiss Army knife for teachers as far as tools are concerned. So gentlemen, how are you this morning? We're well, thanks for having us on. Well, awesome. Thank you. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to see you guys again. I know that a lot has transpired since the last time that you were here, Thomas. And mm -hmm. of course, you know, going to ISTE, AI was really just the, the big hit and everybody is sharing platforms everybody is talking about ai and of course you know how ai is now going to become part of you know our pedagogy i mean as far as our practice and teacher practices we see a lot of wonderful creators on tiktok sharing um your amazing tool which since the last time that you were here we i have noticed that there are some amazing updates which we will definitely talk about but before we get into that Thomas, uh, we'll start with Thomas Thompson first, and then we'll go to Thomas Hummel for our guests who are joining us. And this is their first time hearing about eduate.ai. 
Uh, Thomas, can you give us a little, uh, a little introduction, brief introduction, your context mm -hmm. in education and what your vision and goal is for EduAid so teachers can kind of feel, get a feel for what EduAid is about? Yeah. So I've been a middle school social studies teacher for the past four years, going on my fifth year, going into the 2023-2024 school year. I'm originally from Western Pennsylvania, as is Thomas Hummel, but he and I didn't know each other then. We only lived 15 minutes away, but never met. Um, we both moved to Maryland, started teaching in a rural school district, and realized that we were teaching right across the hall, realized we were from a pretty similar place, realized that we don't look too different, a couple guys with mustaches and uh, glasses, you know. And uh, we kind of bonded from there and spent many conversations just discussing the state of education as we see it, what problems we face. And out of those conversations came many ideas, and one of them ended up transpiring as EduAid AI. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Thomas. And now, Thomas Hummel, let's go ahead and hear from you. I know the first episode you weren't on, but I'm glad that you joined. And I know maybe this was a little impromptu because that, you know, maybe that wasn't your intention, but I'm glad you stayed That's so right. people can get to know who you are. So, Thomas, give us a little intro. We would love to hear a little bit more about you and, of course, your work and your vision with EduAid. Yeah. So, like Thomas Thompson said, <laughs> uh, we started, this is a bit. Yeah, we started teaching uh, together at a Title I school out on the Eastern Shore of Maryland. And, um, you know, we really just saw that we couldn't provide what the kids actually needed all the time. And, um, you know, we just saw that there's so many problems going on and we just thought of different ways to solve them. And that's really, he's right, that's kind of where Eduade came from. Um, but I'm going into my sixth year of teaching. I'm a middle school science teacher. And so uh, this whole business venture and all this stuff has really been um, enlightening and new for me. But it, it's been great. We've helped so many teachers already. And, and we're planning to help a heck of a lot more, too, as we keep going here. Excellent. And you know what? I truly believe it, gentlemen, because the platform that you have come up with from the last time that I saw it and then up until now is really, for me, an eye-opening experience, jaw-dropping, just because it just got that much better. And in my mind, I'm already seeing like the amazing use cases. And in my mind, honestly, if the day were to, ha if the day were to happen where I had to go back to the classroom, this would be my go-to tool. And I would just be like, hey, I am good to go. Let's go in deeper for my lessons and so on. But even now, you know, with my current position, you know, being able to share this with teachers has been something that has been great. And like I was telling uh, Thomas Hummel in the in the pre-chat, I had the opportunity to present on AI and education at one of our uh, here at our region one tech conference. And once we put EduAid up on the screen and started sharing what it can do, uh, jaws just dropped because for me. Uh, seeing content uh, experts in our district. We have uh, content specialists in our district, but we also have curriculum writers. So the content specialists drive the curriculum writing. And I started kind of playing around with this and looking at to, as to what our content specialists are kind of driving uh, to make sure that our curriculum is in line. And of course, we always talk about vertical alignment but just popping some of those things in there and the outputs that I was getting, I was like, man, I would be a happy curriculum writer because 
I can write this curriculum probably half the time, get my money and enjoy the rest of my summer. <laughs> but, you know, this is what we're talking about, though, how those problems that maybe mm -hmm. you were focusing in the classroom, but myself focusing on what we're doing at the district level, mm -hmm. I can see just that potential and it's just been great. And of course, the acceptance has been huge because I've seen it all over social media. So, uh, Thomas Thompson, we'll start with you. I, is it okay if I just refer, just for show purposes, just refer to Thomas T and then Thomas H? I can as I go back and forth. Thomas T, Thomas H, you can call me okay. Tom. It's fine. Perfect. I'm, I'm Thomas Thompson, the fourth in my family. So we run into this problem every family gathering, you know, okay. three Thomases walking around. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'll go here with Thomas T. Thomas T, uh, mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit more as to from the last time you were here on the show, back in show 199, and now we're here to uh, 209. What have been some of the changes that you have seen overall, you know, as far as education and maybe the feedback that you've gotten from your mm -hmm. teachers and your response to that feedback through EduAid? So there's been, we've been taking quite a bit of feedback from our users and a few persistent concerns still arise. One is the general, shall I say, um, skepticism regarding the role of AI and how the teacher will be able to interface with this technology and what that relationship will look like going forward, how it will affect the job market and so on and so forth. But more than that, I've also seen some interesting statistics come out as more and more studies are being done and surveys are being done. And there's some things out there that I think are really indicative of the trend I'm speaking about. So Ed Week just did a survey um, of 13 to 17 year olds. I think there was uh, maybe two or 3,000. And 66% uh, of them were worried that AI will impact their future careers. And teachers, just as much, are not really sure how they can prepare their students for a future where AI will be in the workplace and how to properly interface with this technology. So I really think there is a need for more conversation and more maybe professional development in our space around not only how to use this technology to and streamline one's own workflow or save time, but also ways that we can go about building a curriculum around student literacy with AI. Excellent. Well, that's so good to hear, though. Like what I love about what you just said, and it's something that is so important and very near and dear to me is when platforms come out and being able to, number one, doing the research, like you said, you know, reading out what is out there, putting out what I've seen, what Newsweek is doing, but also hearing from teachers and getting their feedback. And of course, being very active in meeting their concerns is something that is great and very powerful. And this is something that I know is very helpful. So I think that's why we see that great connection too, as well to what Eduate is doing. Thomas H., how about yourself? What are some of the things that, you know, in working together and, and seeing the vision for this platform and what you want to do, what have been some of those things that you are hearing, um, you know, as far as the rumblings within, you know, the education sector, what we would like to see and how you guys are working on, you know, making sure the platform is where, what it needs to be? Yeah, like from a macro level, I don't really know if I have a total... Uh, understanding of where this is going to go, just like I don't think anybody really does. But I, I can say from our level of with EduAid, right, our finger is on the pulse of the problems that teachers are facing because we're in buildings every single day. And the majority of our features came from a conversation with a colleague and said, oh, I can't believe I have to do this or, oh, I have to do it. So 
you know what, we got you. Like, we're going to build a prompt. We're going to help this feature. And if it saves you 10 minutes in your planning time, that is the goal. And, and so, you know, I really, truly, I don't know, but I've been in multiple schools now. And um, I know the teachers are struggling, right? If you look at the data, right, one in two teachers quit every in their first five years. It's like, what what is going on? The The, the workload is so immense. And teachers need help. And, you know, I've literally just helped my friends, my, my colleagues with building this. And that's been the, you know, it's been a joy. And that is something that is great. Like you said, you know, meeting the teachers where they're at, seeing the problems that are being had and finding those solutions that at many times they feel like, wow, that's something big that they're asking for. But with the use of this technology that is here. To be able to take somebody for my, like, for example, myself without a coding background, but to be able to find a solution through the myriad of apps that are out there to be able to find that solution for teachers and help them. And one thing that I love that you said that I have always been a stickler about is finding those platforms that do give teachers their time back as, as I know time is something uh, that is of the essence in education as far as curriculum because you have to be at a certain point at a given time and finish the curriculum before state testing and so on. I know that teachers have so much on their plates and oftentimes it's very rare that they'll get something removed or if they get something removed, it's like, hi, remove this, but I switched it with this. But with something like I'm, I'm thinking here, giving that time back to just be able to either just breathe at the end of the day and just enjoy 15 minutes with the lights off in your classroom, knowing full well that you brought your best because EduAge is being able to take your lessons. And again, what I love about it, and this is what I'm going to say, and I always tell teachers, teachers, you have years worth of content that you do, years worth of it. This does not mean that that's it. Your content is gone. It's about repurposing what you have and being able to take it to that next level and that next layer that maybe you never had the opportunity to do because of that time. But now with something like this, now you can take those lessons and really dive in deep. And that's what I love. <laughs> so Thomas, uh, Thomas T, tell us a little bit more, you know, as far as, the feedback that you've been getting directly just about EduAid, uh, you know, from, you know, your peers and, of course, people on social media. What have been some of the highlights mm -hmm. that you've seen? And maybe what are some of the things that you feel that, okay, you know, we're hearing this. All right, let's let we're going to make some adjustments or look at some of these things here. What tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so one of our main focuses lately, um, based on user feedback, has been about how we can further take our resources and build it such that teachers are able to, as you were getting at, recycle existing material that they already have. Building in some sort of way that we can take what a teacher has existing and connecting it with different uses of generative AI and how we can kind of marry those two so teachers feel, again, they have this agency and they have this um, ownership over the work, but they're also enabling the large language model to do what it does best, which is taking massive amounts of data, compressing it down into something that is a, is a pretty accurate summary of the information, and then maybe, you know, t 
taking a standard you used to address and running that through the lesson C generator and coming up with five or six new activities that make you kind of rethink that standard and what you can do with it and how flexible it could be and the different ways that you can approach it and the different methods that you can incorporate. The idea here is that we're really trying to bridge the gap between teacher in the classroom and all the important stuff you do there, right? Forming the connections with the student, facilitating um, student discussion and dialogue and enabling a deeper understanding of information and knowledge, but also teacher as instructional designer, where you're building those experiences where those meaningful interactions can happen. And we view Eduate as a platform that can connect those two in a kind of intuitive way where the teacher feels empowered to actually develop learning experiences instead of having to kind of cobble together experiences with existing curriculum materials that may or may not be outdated if you're a social studies teacher with a textbook from, say, 2008. Um, that could be a problem. But now you have this kind of library of so many different variations that you can personalize deeper and deeper and deeper if you want to. And that's really something we've been looking at, how to build that iceberg, right? You can go deeper into this if you want to, or you can do some more surface level things, it's welcoming in more users and connecting their pre-existing work with the new work done through AI. See, and one of the things that I want to highlight that you mentioned there that kind of really resonates with me is you're absolutely right as far as being able to, on the go, improvise, adapt, and overcome. You know, not so much the improvise because as teachers, yeah, I mean, well, you may need to every once in a while because you never know where a lesson may need just a little tweak here and there because it may not be going. But as far as the adapting part, you got to understand that you have a classroom of 32 kids, 27 kids, or just depending on where you are, and you have to really meet their needs. And all 32 students are not going to learn the exact same way. Maybe you have 15 that are good to go and then the other 15, you know, the, it, they may not understand it that way. But the fact that you can take those lessons and in a matter of minutes, be able to adapt them for that specific learning style. Well, not necessarily, you know, just for mm -hmm. their particular learning, uh, maybe even bring down the reading level or for those students that may be a little bit ahead to be able to actually have those lessons where you can go in deeper and not have, you know, that, that what happens sometimes is when you have a mixed group, mm -hmm. it's always been said, well, no, now those kids, the, the, the advanced kids are falling behind because now you're trying to keep up mm -hmm. with, you know, the, the other student populations and so on. But now you have a tool where as a teacher now, mm -hmm. I'm seeing myself as a learning engineer. All right. Mm -hmm. I am that learning engineer and I am creating those learning experiences, like you said. And as an engineer, I'm going to go ahead and build those lessons to meet my needs. But now it's not going to take me days, yeah. hours, or a whole year. And then next year I get a new crop of kids and it's like, Ugh, now I got to start all over again. No, mm -hmm. you can just, like you said, repurpose that. And now you're getting that time back. And like you said, you get to go in deeper into mm -hmm. the iceberg and tread those waters that are deeper and heighten that learning experience, which I think is so, so important. And a tool that can do that, that is something that is wonderful and definitely much needed within, you know, our, our school system, you know, just to go in deeper. Thomas H., what are your thoughts on that? No, I just, you said earlier, like, you know, you can feel good about doing your best as a teacher every day. 
And part of that is meeting the needs of every single student. And if you have 120 students, you know, you might need six different reading levels for the reading assignment you're doing that day. And it's just impossible to do that without a tool like this. And, you know, it just, if you're in this to help kids, which you should be, right, help, help kids grow, then we're building the tool to help you and to empower you to do that and to meet those needs of students. So, I mean, it's just, you just said it. I mean, it really came out of a frustration with like the inflexibility of most commercially available resources. Like, given their nature, you know, it's really hard to take some existing curricular materials and know a path to best adapt them to meet the needs of diverse learners in your classroom. Well, this tool, while it does save you a lot of time, it then opens you up to many possibilities for you to get a little more creative with how you go about differentiating and personalizing instruction and then having tools to empower you to do that in a workflow that encourages you to follow that path. And I love that. And, you know, going back to this, and th this is what excites me the most, you know, being able to actually show teachers a tool now that is kind of more of that teacher focus in that sense, mm -hmm. where almost everything is more outward facing, where it's more for students to, yes, to create, but they're consuming it. But now we have something that can actually help teachers meet their day to days. And like you said, being able to meet those 27, 32 different customers that they have that don't learn, like in my case, you know, coming back, coming from a business acumen into, you know, education, it's, I had 32 customers that I had to teach algebra mm -hmm. to, and not every customer is going to buy algebra the same way, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I had to adjust to those 32 students. And that is without this technology. And that is working by hand, making a test A and a test B and making them kind of look similar because I didn't want to single out, you know, any students. And then you've got different versions and you're just spending hours and hours on the copy machine because I'm really dating myself. Back then I had transparencies that I was working off on and then I had to cut and then paste, you know, and then make copies and do all of that. And that was just so time consuming, leaving school at 7 p.m., 7.30, just to make sure going back to just kind of taking that pride of being a great teacher and giving the best experience to our students. You really had to go above and beyond to do those things. But now having a tool here, now that can be something that's continuous and something that doesn't feel overbearing because you have the tool in hand that you can do it in a couple of minutes and you are good to go and ready for the next day. And guess what? The next day you've got a new student that comes in. You're like, oh, okay, they're at this level or they're at that level. Oh, no worries. Let me just take my lesson. Let me go ahead and pop it into Eduate. Here you go. All right, you're ready to go. You're here with all of us. You, we met you where you're at, but we're all moving up together. And that is something that I love and that gets me really excited. So yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, I don't know, Thomas, let me see. I have a couple of comments here. You know, yeah, I got Josh Tovar here. He's familiar, you know, coming up with three different versions of exams and, you know, doing all those things. Thank you so much for Josh, who's joining us. Kevin Doherty, too, as well. Thank you so much. I know Josh had made a comment here early. Help cavemen like me who use the abacus in a yellow pad. So I told Josh, hey, just try eduade.ai and just get clicky with it. That's the best way and easiest way to learn. And again, once you see what you can do, Josh, you even have stuff for class announcements, Josh. And you being a principal, 
I know you will find some amazing tools here. So that is great. So again, you know, what I love about the platform is how it changed from, you know, episode 199 to now episode 209. So Thomas, tell us a little bit more just about how you've or what you've added to the, you know, Eduade. And if you'd like, you can go ahead and share your screen so you can show us what it is that you've added. All right. Let me. There we are. So um, when you last, when we were last on the show, I think we were still in this. Um, well, first off, we went with the the night mode for the workspace. That was just more of a personal choice. The three of us prefer working in night mode than the other. And we're like, this would be pretty cool. Um, so that's kind of where that came from. So more of an aesthetic choice. But in terms of features, um, we can get a little bit deeper into the content generator and assistant, which were there last time we were on the show, but we've gone ahead and added uh, more and more different resources. But wholly new things. Um, we added the Eduade chat. So this functions very similarly to a to like the chat GPT interface. Um, but we really were wanting to include this for, for two specific features. The first would be to, um, well, I'll show you. So I want to create a table of nations by gross domestic product. So I go ahead and list that out. And what the Eduate chat can do is actually go ahead and format it into a more visual um, instead of a instead of just a pure text-based list. So now I can take and go ahead and copy and paste these this table data over here into the workspace. And then maybe I want to go ahead and take this and generate some multiple choice questions um, based on the table I just generated. So now I have some of those, right? And maybe I have an English language learner in the classroom. So let me just translate that question to Spanish real quick in the workspace. And then I can go ahead and start building a lesson around this table, maybe some sort of warm up for my classroom. Or maybe I want to ask the um, chat, could you provide sources for the above information? And then Eduate Chat will go ahead and provide me some resources that I can go and actually look at the information, evaluate it, use the links. I'm going to go to the World Bank, the IMF site. They have a what World Economic Report, which includes GDP rankings and projections. So I'm seeing where the information and data is actually coming from. So it's two key features. We can follow up on the AI and see whether or not the information we are getting is reliable for our classroom and then have actual sources, say, if we want to build a research project around it, or you want to build some sort of web quest, or you want students to do some independent research. Now you have sites that actually will align to the information you used in a previous assignment. But then you can also create different tables, graphics, and things that you want to use in the classroom. So that is um, one of the new features that we just added, and we have our um, feedback bar here. So if anyone has been using it lately, click that and provide some feedback. We'll try to align this better with your needs. Um, we also added up to, I believe it was 15 different languages now that you can generate your content in. We have Arabic, Cantonese, French, German, Greek, Hindi, Indonesian, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Mandarin, Portuguese, Spanish, Russian, Vietnamese, 
we're trying to meet the needs of as many students and as many learning um, conditions as possible and whatever language that may come in. We also added our feedback bot, which is a new um, piece of um, a new resource that we're making available for teachers. So what it will allow you to do is copy and paste in some student work and we'll generate some feedback for you. While we do not store any of student work or feedback that we generate, we still recommend removing any kind of identifying features. Um, but again, we do not store any of the student work or feedback. So you would import um, the work. While I don't have a sample with me, I can use Eduade Chat to go ahead and create a sample. So let's say, um, could you create an essay on the writing of the Federalist Papers? at a seventh grade level with some grammatical mistakes. So we have a little essay here that we're going to take. And I'll just pop in the introduction, the body, and I'll pop that into our feedback generator. Let's just use that much there. OK. That's a pretty good seventh grader there. Yeah, I will say um, if my students were writing me seven paragraph essays about the Federalist Papers, I would be quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> so let me take this. Let me go over to the feedback bot. And what we'll be able to do is we can provide a number of reports. We can look at typographic feedback. That'll provide just some basic um, tips and actionable feedback for students' spelling and grammar. Um, we could do semantic feedback, which will get to the underlying logic and reasoning of the writing. Are students providing any kind of rhetorical devices? Are they arguing? Is there, in, is there coherent logical statements throughout the uh, paper? Um, syntactical feedback that will get to some of the deeper mechanics of writing, um, style, and things like that. And then finally, custom feedback, where you're able to import your own rubric and then have feedback generated based on the rubric that you provide. And the AI will even suggest a grade based on the rubric that you have. So I'm going to go with just a basic uh, semantic feedback. Not a basic. It's This is my favorite one. So what will happen is this feedback report will populate over here. And we designed the prompt around some basic principles of what we know is necessary for feedback, right? It needs to be timely. It needs to be actionable. And it needs to be uh, constructive, right? We don't want to um, point out mistakes in students' work without providing some deeper context on how they can improve those mistakes and nest that in positive feedback on what the student did well. So overall, the student text provides a basic introduction to the Federalist Papers. However, there are several areas where the quality of argumentation, logic, reasoning, and the use of rhetorical devices can be improved. And here are some actionable steps for improving it. So develop a stronger introduction, right? Um, I guess the student essay refers to the writers of this as some, quote, clever dudes, right? And um, the feedback generator says that maybe we provide a formal introduction to their rules and significance to set the tone for the rest of the essay, right? And then it's asking the student to avoid informal language like super passionate and smart guys and maybe say prominent figures or highly knowledgeable individuals. And this right here is where I really see some interesting use cases for AI beyond just what EduAid offers. For example, let's say I'm a teacher 
I am. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I can print out, say, 10 essays um, using EduHat or ChatGPT, and I can have it at a specific grade level. I can go hand it to my students and say, these are Ds or these are Bs. How do you make it better? You can use the tools, but now you have students considering what is it that makes a good argument? What is it that makes a good essay? Instead of just kind of going through this task of writing one and getting feedback two weeks later, because while I want to write feedback, I have to grade the papers. And while I want to get the grades in, I got a plan for tomorrow. And on top of that, my cousin's getting married the weekend. So I got all these plans and I don't know when I'm gonna have time for it. And this is meant to allow you to engage more deeply with the student's writing and for the student to have actionable steps that they can take to improve their writing. And then you can start building assignments around this feedback generation. I can see some interesting use cases for peer review where students maybe are reviewing, say they prompt the AI to generate an essay on the Federalist Papers, and they go through that essay and find evidence or lack thereof and find ways to improve the essay. And then you have this new different assignment type built around it. Sorry, I get really excited about feedback. So I kind of ranted there for a moment. No, no worries. Actually, I before we go on, I wanted to add to that because, um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Thomas, if you can oh, just add yeah. your screen one more time. I apologize. I Instead of removing it, I just went back to this. What I wanted to add about that is as an educator myself, um, you know, being in the classroom, one of the things that was the most ominous for me was that stack of paper at the end of the day where I had three classes or four classes, mm -hmm. and I had four different stacks of papers of 30, 27, 26 each. And at the end of the day, once you're done, and I mean, you're on go, you're on high alert, you're running on red all day, trying to meet the needs of the students. And then you finally get to sit down at the end of the day and you look at that stack and it was just something so ominous where I'm not going to lie, many times it was just like, check, 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 completion grade. Everything is good. And I did not do my due diligence to, you know, or or did what I needed to do to help improve my students because it was overwhelming and overbearing to do that. So seeing what you're able to do through EduAid, if I am an ELA teacher, it doesn't even matter because writing can be used across all curriculum. But to be able to take that writing, and now, you know, we know that students type, they have their Chromebooks or devices and so on. Well, it went from that physical paper stack to the digital stack. That's what I call it. Oh, my yes. gosh. It was still ominous with the digital stack. You've got Google Classrooms. you got to read through all the essays. you got to do this. And it's still just as ominous, even though you can do it on your mobile device and you can do it anywhere, you know, in the comfort of your home, on your couch, in the living room, wherever it is. Still, you have to go through that. But for something that you can say, you know what, I can go ahead and go through this in one to two days, pop all that in. And like you said, very important, get that actionable feedback, not just like, oh, here, this is an 80 and give it back. Because as students, and, and this is just me being me, it may be controversial take or anything. As students, you give me an 80 I don't care. I'm just going to grab that paper. It's graded and it's going to go into the bottom abyss that is my backpack. I'm not even going to ask what it is. I'm just like, eh, it's a B. No worries. I'm not going to ask. But changing that mentality now of, all right, I'm going to give you the feedback and I'm going to tell you why you got that 80 and say, hey, check out what some of the improvements can be. 
that can be something that is huge for students to be able to now say, hey, if I got an 80, what can I do to improve? And mm -hmm. instead of, well, just go ahead and rewrite it and fix this and then fix punctuation and do that. Now you've got a set of, I guess, actionable points that they can go back and refer to and improve their writing. And to me, that is huge. That's a win-win. It's a win for the students because now the students know what it is that they need to improve. Teachers, it's going to give you your time back. And it's not like, hey, hey, this is going to replace you or any. No, no, no. It's giving you your time back to be able to go in deeper and go in and fix those misconceptions. Because if you see students writing, you know, very similar things and it's, it's an error, maybe it was I, I missed this as I was giving a lesson. Maybe I explained it incorrectly or you've got a small subset of kids that may be just struggling with that concept. Now you can go and talk to those three or four kids, work with them while the other students already have their actionable feedback and they're ready to go and they can continue. But I love how this, in my mind, is just making things so much easier for myself as a teacher in the classroom and for many others with that. and. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. So that's my my take on that. So I absolutely love that feedback uh, component of it. I mean, as you were um, as you were going through all of these points, I was kind of just playing with this a little bit. I mean, there's even more possibilities, right? You can highlight your feedback. You can add an open ended question, and now you have students considering why a more formal language style would enhance the effectiveness of their essay, right? You're putting them into these situations where they can engage with these situations that might otherwise get glossed over due to time constraints now being central to what the teacher is able to do, being central to their thought, right? And then you're being confronted with more and more ideas and more and more approaches to, again, areas in the classroom that might have otherwise gone to, as you said, gone in the backpack, right? It's an 80%. Like I, I got 32 stacks here. I, I, got four classes. I have all of this feedback I have to give. You got a 90%. You did fine. And it's like, well, no, we can now give that student who has that 90% who might have flown under the radar due to time constraints and all the other red tape that we have to go through. Well, now they can get feedback. And now they can move their 90 to a 94. And they can move that 94 even higher. Or we have a student at the 68 who can now move that up as well. And we have students being able to, again, consider more and more deeply what the purpose of the writing the essay is, right? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to make a good argument? And that's, that's really key. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to add, and I'm so sorry, because I get so excited about this, because I mean, teacher me and, and again, working with teachers and remembering myself as an educator and, and the, some of those pain points was going into these parent uh, administrator student meetings. Uh, we call them RTI meetings or 504 meetings. And they always ask, you know, for evidence of the work, they ask, like, you know, show us how they're doing or how either well they're doing or how not so well they're doing. And then we have to bring in these, uh, you know, learning artifacts. Well, many mm -hmm. times, you know, I would sit in those meetings and I would see other teachers that just come in, you know, like with the papers graded or, you know, just like a 70, a 60, a this and that and so on. And the parents were, what can the students do to improve? Or the administrators, what can they do to improve? And the short answer was, well, just study for the test. Yeah. Study for the quiz. Do this. 
I I started doing more stuff digitally. And so it was easy to document from where they were to where they are now currently and present. Mm-hmm. But being able to bring that evidence because you've got the actionable feedback, you've got their work, and now you can say, here's what they're doing. Here's the feedback that I have given. And now whether they choose to do that feedback or you know follow through with that or not, that's mm-hmm. a different story. But maybe they do follow through. And now you can say, look at the growth from where they were to where they are now. And it's evidence there and, and you have it and mm-hmm. it's digital and it's that learning artifact. And that to me is very important to be able to have that evidence of learning in those, for those cases, because as a teacher, that happens a lot. Sometimes we have students, you know, maybe five, seven students that mm-hmm. you need to have these meetings for but to be able to work through that intervention, the response to intervention, work through those plans and show and demonstrate that evidence, that is huge because I had seven stat or seven sheets that I would have to fill out by hand yeah. every three weeks for every student to mm-hmm. show, hey, if there's progress or no progress, this and that, and then show evidence. And that is time consuming because in my 30 minute break that I had when the students were in music, that consumed my time and I wasn't able to really go in deeper into my lesson. So, I mean, to that point, you can go right ahead in the custom feedback. And if you're tracking a specific goal for that student, you can input that into the custom feedback area and you will get actionable feedback based on those real actual intervention objectives that you were tracking for. So you can better align the feedback that that student is getting for their more personalized goals. When I say custom rubric, I don't mean you have to use the standardized rubric that you made. I mean, now you can input a series of keywords or objectives related to the student's work that you want to provide feedback on, and you will be able to do that. So if you have a student who has a very specialized objective that you're working towards, you can give them now personalized, actionable, timely feedback to meet that objective. That is amazing. And that's what I love. And this is like what I mentioned earlier uh, to Thomas H., in the pre-chat, I was like, this has turned out to be the Swiss Army knife of tools, you know, for educators where you can go in and you can pull one specific tool for one specific thing. And, you know, the possibilities are endless, really, because, again, you know, luckily I have the fortune of being able to see this from the teacher standpoint, remembering my experience in the classroom, but also at that higher level where I mentioned mm-hmm. to you working with content specialists and curriculum writers to further enhance the curriculum, not necessarily change it, but like we were talking about making it to where we can go maybe a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. than what is just given there. And also being able to create content for that, you know, and multiple levels, you know, maybe you can link up some documents, create those using Mm -hmm. EduAid but then also giving the teachers the ability for them to say, hey, okay, I'm going to take this, but you know what? I need to tweak this a little bit, but it's there and they don't have to think about it. It's just, I grab that document, pop it through EduAid, put it at the uh, reading level that I need, or actually I can change it to that specific language for my emergent bilingual student who just came in yesterday, you know, from, uh, I don't know, Mexico. And now I can make it into, uh, translate it into Spanish or into Vietnamese. So to me, that takes kind of that burden off, that mm-hmm. pressure off. And I'm just like, like, wow. 
So that's why I was saying, like, you know, if I were to go back into the classroom, like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. This is the tool. I'm set. I am good and I'm going to repurpose my content. So that's what I love about it. So Thomas uh, H., any, any uh, you know, any comments, any, you know, as we're kind of getting ready to close up the show, you know, anything that you'd like to add, you know, based on what we were talking about? No, I just, you know, we really are just trying to help teachers and, you know, we're going to keep doing that until we can't. And it's, we're not here to take anybody's jobs. We're not here to replace anybody. We want to give that teacher that 30 minutes back that they can take their kid to the park or go for a jog or, you know, right. Like just be a more well-rounded human being because your planning is not so immense anymore. And so, you know, we're just out here to help people and um, we're going to keep doing that. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you back. And obviously it was great to be back behind the camera and the microphone. And what a great way to come back that, you know, to this episode, you know, speaking to both of you, Thomas Thompson and Thomas Hummel from eduaid.ai and just to hear about the work that you're doing the work that you continue to do, obviously based on research, based on teacher feedback, which is something that I appreciate. I mean, there's so many companies out there that, you know, yeah, we will listen to your feedback, but, you know, maybe just depending, you know, on the way the structure is, sometimes that feedback, you know, it goes back, but, you know, maybe there's some delays or maybe you don't really see those changes, but the fact that you're taking this time and again, still working as educators and doing this. And again, this is not your full-time gig you're, because you're still working, you know, with, within your school districts and so on. Now, the big question here may be that some people may be asking, and of course, the skepticism and all of that. Right now, currently, what is the entry-level price for edua.ai? At this moment, it is free. And um, so far, it will remain so. And even if we institute some sort of premium offering, right, um, a large chunk of this will always be freely available to teachers. Um, my background is in open educational resources. We feel really strongly about taking down those barriers to access to quality instructional materials. Under-resourced schools should still have the ability to deliver high-quality education to their students. And with an overhead cost that is lowered due to the unique affordances of artificial intelligence, it's, it's imperative that not just us, but any offering out there where you have generative AI for the classroom should be at low or no cost to the teacher. I mean, the AI education market's predicted to reach $20 billion by 2027. I believe I saw that um, in uh, GMI. And nearly half of all learning management systems will incorporate AI by 2024, right? We're on trend to do that. And I think we just need to take a moment, step back and say, strip away all the technology. What is it that we are trying to do with this technology? How do we implement it sensibly and at a good price point for the teacher specifically, and also for the district who I know's budgets can be quite strained. Excellent. Thomas Hummel. Yeah. You know, we're working through some pilots right now. And so if any school districts want to contact us, let us know. We'll, we'll work through something with you. Um, but we're going to remain 
the way that we are until we can't because we want to help students. And if we can help teachers, we, we're going to help students everywhere. So we're already seeing this thing take off. And, you know, we're all over the world already. And it, it's crazy, but um, it's just been a joy and a real passion of mine. And, um, you know, so thanks for having us on, Alfonso. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys are more than welcome. Uh, you know, to come back at any time as EduAid continues to grow. And of course, we see vast improvements or just seeing some of that feedback that you're getting back from teachers. As a guest of Maya Tech Life, everybody that has been on the show always has an open invite. So you're more than welcome to contact me and say, hey, you know, this is happening or this is, uh, you know, we've got a big announcement and things of that sort. You're more than welcome to come back at any time. And so again, it was an honor. Thomas Thompson, Thomas Hummel, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I really appreciate it. Um, again, it's great to be back. I know it's been a while because my work schedule kind of changed a bit, like I said. And of course, ISTE happened, which is all a blur. But I'm excited to be back here. And again, no better way to start than with eduate.ai and talking about something that I am very passionate about and that I can see can change education for the better. So before we wrap up, as you know, we always end the show with the following three questions. So Thomas H., maybe you weren't prepared for this, but we're going to take turns. You know, it's three simple questions. If you did watch the episode, uh, episode 199 with uh, Thomas Thompson on here, you'll know what those questions are. I may change the last question a little bit, but nothing that is going to be, you know, outlandish or anything at all. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and pay some bills. And guys, this uh, segment is brought to you by Content Clips. So make sure you check out contentclips.com. So for those of you that are bloggers or are doing video podcasts such as myself, and you don't want to hassle with any software, you want to eliminate stress and save your time, and you definitely want to boost your online presence, please make sure that you check out my friend Dylan Schmidt at contentclips.com. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode and this segment. All right, gentlemen, here we go. Last three questions. And this time we'll start with Thomas H. So Thomas H, in the current state of AI, this is what we're going to do, the current state of AI, what would you say is your current AI kryptonite? Um, one thing that's been driving me nuts kind of is all these teachers worried about kids cheating with AI when I think we should be encouraging more critical thinking um, and focusing on that aspect. I think that if, you, if you're making an assignment that a kid can just simply type into ChatGPT and get it done just to get it done, probably not cutting it for, the, for that kid. So, All right, good answer. I completely agree with you. I think it, it is a time where the tools that are out there, and especially something like EduAid, can now help us, like we said, kind of go further and deeper into those learning experiences and changing the way that we may assess or changing the assignment type rather than here, write this. Are we writing for stamina or are we writing for knowledge? You know, so there are other ways to present the learning. So I, I am with you on that. And, All right. And yes, Pitt, go ahead. And Pitt just released an article about, you know, the um, detectors of AI. And, and it seems like there might be more detriment than good in that in the long run here. So something to think about. All right. Perfect. All right. Thomas Thompson, in the current state of AI, what would you say is your AI kryptonite? My answer is a little more boring than his. Um, I <laughs> guess I'm really concerned or I've been doing a lot of thinking about the 
balancing concerns of autonomy and ownership, but also how we go about licensing these things. Should these resources be openly licensed and available? What's the legal status of all of these new companies? I mean, I feel like AI needs a whole legal treatment. I feel like lawyers will be quite busy for the next uh, 20 years dealing with the effects of this technology. So really, I guess, considering the legal mechanics of AI and education, how it relates to student data, student privacy, teacher data, teacher privacy. Yeah, all those concerns. See, much more boring. That's that's the thick eight hundred <laughs> well, page read. It's, it's yeah. uh, but like again, like I, I was talking to Thomas Hummel, you know, in the pre-chat, and I, I'm one of those that always kind of remain in the middle. As excited as I am about the tools, like you know, I I'm always very overly cautious as far yeah. as the data, and we talk about the data, and we talk about the privacy, and the more that we learn about this, uh, oftentimes we always just say, well, data and privacy, but. We don't say what exactly you do you mean by data and privacy. Well, obviously, you don't want to put in your name, your social, your address, or any identifiers into something like ChatGPT because it's scraping and it's just amalgamating yeah. with everything else that is there as it's kind of learning. Obviously, companies, maybe like I was telling Thomas H., like yourself or Apple or anything that are using ChatGPT, you don't want to go ahead and put in what it is that you're working on or anything like that because all of a sudden that may appear mm-hmm. on somebody's output because it's just scraping and predicting what's going to come out as your output. So those are some of the things at least to think about. But I agree with you, you know, as far as the legal standpoint, what are we looking at, the licensing? And Mm. then at the end, if something were to happen, who would be responsible? Would it be the district? Would it be the platform? And I had an episode with Bonnie Chalette from uh, Louisiana, and she works for the education department. And she says, it may be the most boring thing and nobody wants to talk about it, but those user agreement forms and mm-hmm. agreement forms that you make, those are huge because at the end of the day, if you fill it out and say, hey, this is on you and they don't want to sign, then yeah. it's like, oh, sorry, we're not going to use you. We want to make sure that what we bring to our teachers and what we bring mm-hmm. to our students is going to be completely safe. It's like the two, to that point, sorry, real quick, the... um. I'm worried about whether or not we start developing education-facing large language models and how those models are trained and on what openly available data and if they're using student data or not for those data sets. That worries me. And then the second would be the, um, oh, we could just leave it at that one. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, maybe we'll save that last one for the next part of the next yeah. show. All right. All right. Here we go. We'll start off with you now, Thomas Thompson. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Um, hmm. My answer really hasn't changed too much from the last time. I think I gave the um, Delphic Oracles Know Thyself. Um, we could go hick et nunc the um, here and now. I think people should be a little more grounded in their time. So if you look at a billboard, I want you to consider the billboard for a moment and really place yourself in that experience wow all right <laughs> that's good i was like thinking about that right now and i'm like uh-uh. that was quite like it got me thinking my mind went off i was like wow that's pretty deep i like that all right thomas h if you could have a billboard with anything on it what would it be and why edua.ai <laughs> for teachers 
Of course. There you go. There you go. That's what I love. I mean, you got, hey, you got to plug yourself in there. I yeah. mean, you have to. I know I've been sharing your link all throughout the show. So, guys, make sure you go and visit eduate.ai and make sure you check out the platform. And again, it is free. Go check it out. Try some of your lessons, you know, repurpose some of the stuff and see what you get out. And you're going to be like, wow. Yes, absolutely. Bonnie just commented here. Deep thoughts with Thomas Thompson. That should be a segment. Maybe next time around, we'll name this segment the deep thoughts segment. I love it. <laughs> All right. Last question. All right. We'll start with Thomas H. Thomas H., if you could turn one of your favorite hobbies or pastimes into a profession, what would it be? Um, I coach soccer, so I'd love to do that for, for a living. Love the sport. Love, love the life skills that kids get out of it and the life lessons. So if I could do that, for sure. Awesome. Good answer. All right, Thomas Thompson, if you can make any of your hobbies or pastimes into a profession, what would it be? If I could just get paid to sit around at my house and noodle on a keyboard and read books all day, I'd, I'd be quite happy. I mean, that's, that's really the, at the end of the day, if I can do that, I mean, there's nothing better. That's the dream. That's the dream. I was talking to Thomas H. Man, my dream would be is like, if I could do this on a daily basis mm. and crank mm. out two or three interviews a day, daily, Monday through Friday, and make a living off of it. And like you said, Thomas, I'm it's with you. Fun. Just be able to noodle around and create and just yes. do this. That would be the dream right there. I would love it. Gentlemen, thank you again. I know I've thanked you, you know, countless times throughout the show, but I'm just so excited, so pumped to be back. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thank you so much for joining us in the chat. Kevin Doherty, thank you so much. And for all of you guys that are going to be watching us on the replay on YouTube, please make sure you give us a thumbs up. Give us a, a like, a make sure you subscribe, guys, so then all of the fancy little algorithms can go ahead and start putting us into your feed. Make sure that you follow us on all your favorite podcast players. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Amazon. We're everywhere. Just find us at my at Tech Life. And again, thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. And if you want to continue your support and supporting our mission, to connect educators and creators one show at a time, please make sure you visit our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out this amazing episode and the other 208 wonderful episodes with wonderful educators that you can take some knowledge nuggets from and sprinkle them onto what you are already doing great. Check those episodes out, share them with your friends. And also don't forget, you can visit our merch store. We've got some great merch and all of that goes back here to the show so we can bring you some amazing content week after week. So thank you all for joining us. Thomas Thompson, again, thank you, honor and a pleasure. Thomas Hummel, thank you as well. It's a pleasure meeting you. I'm glad that you were able to hang out with us today and just uh, be part of this amazing conversation. Again, remember, eduade.ai is the website. It is free. Go check it out. Get clicky with it and have some fun, guys. And again, don't forget, my friends, as always, until next time, stay techie.